Far too many female advisors have spent years adapting to a business model designed for men, which often undermines their strengths as women. Not anymore. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, a show designed to empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller Heckman, founder of Femex Advisor, will inspire and empower women to leverage their natural strengths as women and create a more successful practice that feels effortless. Follow along for female-driven inspirational and motivational strategies to help you create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Femex Advisor podcast with your host, Adri Miller-Heckman. I'm Patrice Sikora, and I really like these introductory shows because here we're going to learn about Adri from Adri. And of course, we like to start at the beginning. So Adri, first of all, it's good to meet you. And how did you get into the business? Oh, I think like most women advisors, never thought I'd be in the financial industry. And whether it's a change in career or just desperation, I became a registered assistant for eventually a number of multi-million dollar producers. And it wasn't until Smith Barney and Merrill Lynch were sued, a class action suit for sexual harassment, that they were required to hire more women. And I was right there. So that's how I became a financial advisor. It was never intentional. And why did you stick with it? Did you like it? You know, I loved it. Even when I was supporting other um, big producers, I loved the sales side. And when they asked me to become a financial advisor, it took me about five seconds to say yes, because (laughs) I'd been in the industry long enough. The challenge was I had three little kids under the age of 11 with a difficult husband who ended up leaving us within the first year. So I had the odds going against me, right? I was not really expected to succeed. And I did, but it's because I loved the impact I could have on my clients. I loved building the relationships. And it's funny because I coach so many female advisors today, and they think they need to be this portfolio manager, expert at this, have all these licenses. And it's truly your ability to build a relationship, your desire to serve your clients and your willingness to do what it takes to help them reach another level of success with their money, that is the most important criteria. It's not about fractions and decimals. That's good to hear because I'm not good with fractions and decimals. I couldn't do it either. (laughs) I was doing a crash course the night before my first interview. (laughs) Well, now you mentioned female advisors. Who do you work with? Today, I work primarily with women advisors, and here's why. When I became a financial advisor, I had been in the industry. I understood the back office. I understood how everything worked. And at Smith Barney, you're sent to, I lived in Newport Beach, California. You're sent to Hartford, Connecticut for three weeks of training. And as a former athlete, I was extremely coachable. You tell me what to do, I will do it, and I'll probably do it better than everybody else. And so I I learned about prospecting. I learned about selling. I learned about closing, overcoming objectives. I learned about the products. And then when I got back to my office, I didn't want to do it that way. 
I had this intense desire to help women like my mother. She was a bright, capable woman who, based on her experience with advisors and my father, she was convinced she was incapable of understanding money. And I knew this was so far from the truth. And so when I became a financial advisor, I really threw out all the tools that I was taught and I built my practice from my heart. I focused on women. My passion was helping these amazing women in Newport Beach who were now totally responsible for managing their money. These women who wanted to get smart about money. And I would share that on every call, in every conversation. I stopped doing the typical prospecting, selling, and closing. And that opened more doors than you can ever imagine. And you know what's funny? I was focused on women, and my greatest clients were men. And you know why? Well, when I would talk to a man, and I'd say, to be perfectly honest with, with you, Mr. Solomon, and I wrote about this in my book, my real passion is women, and here's why. And I would immediately share the story about my mom. And who's he thinking about? Because men are these protectors, they're providers. So he's thinking about his wife, his friend, this woman that he knows, his partner at work. And next thing you know, he is referring me so many women clients and becomes my client as well. And that's so who do I help? Primarily women advisors and the majority of them, 99% want to really focus their efforts on women. Does it mean they don't accept men? Absolutely not. It's a real delicate balancing act that has a huge impact. And so that's how I got into this business. And what I found was my approach to serving my women's client was bringing out all of my strengths as a woman. All of them right? It was no longer about prospecting, selling, closing, which is the foundation to the business model today. It was about building relationships, inspiring these women, and motivating them. And that became the foundation of the Femex model. Everything we do is designed to really support and enhance women's strengths, women who are female financial advisors, and that automatically appeals to the women clients. And to be perfectly honest with you, everything we do is feminized, and the men clients love it too. The men advisors love it too. I just don't really coach men as much anymore. All right. what? Well, obviously, you've got a unique coaching program. Tell me more about it. I'm always about, so let me tell you where this went. As a female advisor, I was focused on women. I had these three little kids at home, and that was a lot. And it was just after my first year in production that my husband moved away. I had no financial support. I had no help. And these kids were 11 and under, and they were my priority. There was no way 
I was going to work a 12-hour day, six days a week. And so I built my business working maybe eight hours a day, maybe five days a week. But because I knew what was important to me, I felt good as a woman. I felt really good as a mother. And therefore, I felt good as a financial advisor. And I shared all of this with my clients. They all knew I was a single mother. I was very authentic and very transparent. And that's how relationships Especially among built. women, yes. Right? Especially among women. And when you share your vulnerabilities, instead of this beat your chest, pompous, I'm the most brilliant financial advisor out there, you build trust. So when I had gone through the training, I was trained by this handful of national training officers, and I wanted to be one of those. I knew I loved coaching. I had always been kind of in the training, coaching, wherever I was. And But to be to go into management, you had to be successful. You had to reach top levels. And I was successful. I worked less, but I was so focused. And I was at the top of my class every year. And so when I was able to go through manager assessment at Smith Barney, which few people get to do, I was asked to become a national training officer. And I had never told anybody that that's what I wanted to do. So I packed my three kids up from Southern California, the beach, and I moved to Hartford, Connecticut, where I spent three years getting trained in leadership, but training thousands of financial advisors. And this was during a time when the markets were really downsizing, the industry was cutting back due to real market problems. And so instead of going into management, I was then recruited to become the director of national sales for women in company, which was a not-for-profit division of Citigroup. And women in company was ahead of its time. Our job was to teach all the financial advisors across the country and the Citibank executives and representatives on how to work with women. And so I built a sales team to do just that. And after a year of commuting to New York and working in, on Park Avenue, I said, no, I'm not going to conform to the way everybody else wants this done. And so I quit. I quit. I didn't even have a game plan. And my old coach said, Andrew, you need to coach. And so in October of 2004, I started a coaching practice. And fortunately, because I had been a national training officer at Smith Barney, I knew branch managers all over the country. So I was quickly successful. And since then, I have coached thousands of advisors on how to really create a practice that is appealing to women. But eventually, I narrowed my focus to my true passion, and that is coaching female financial advisors and helping them shed 
the old school model and, a, and, and embrace a more feminized approach to building their business that highlights their strengths. And that's how we created the Femex Advisor Program. That's amazing. And who, who reaches out to you for coaching? You know, it, it's really interesting. I think the first thing to think about is the, the tribal market. And this is something I take my clients through. And a tribal market is the personality of the kind of advisor that reaches out. These are amazing women. They are never satisfied. They are purpose-driven. They're the movers and the shakers. They like to be pushed out of their comfort zone because they truly want to become and create this extraordinary practice that not only makes an impact on their audience, on their clients, but serves them and their life. And that's the beauty of this business. As a female advisor, you can do it any way you want. <laughs> Even if you work for a broker dealer, all they care about are the numbers. And when you're constantly trying to prove that you're good at this to the firm, to the managers, to the powers that be, you will always deny yourself your true success. And so a big part of my practice is really helping the advisors like you, Patrice, why do you want to be an advisor? And peeling the onion to get down to the root of who they are. And that's their purpose. And we build from there. And that's what I'm good at. So the first thing is the, the personality, the driver. I always say, you know, I don't work with victims, right? My clients know that I'm not going to spend a lot of time boosting them up. I know what drives them. I know what motivates them. And I am very compassionate. But you know what's interesting, Patrice? When I host a strategy session, and that's your chance to learn about my practice and me learn about you, I cannot tell you how many women cry. I mean, these are amazing women amazing women. They're, most of them are already successful. My husband will say, so did you make anybody cry today, Andrew? <laughs> and but then you've succeeded because you've touched them. Yes. Yes. It's like, oh my God, she gets me. I've been feeling there's a better way to do this, but nobody has ever showed it to me. And it's like all the pain, all the struggles, all the frustration comes out and it's tears of relief, relief. And that is really significant. You know, one of the women said, the best thing you've ever done for me, you gave me permission to do it my way. And yeah, so, you know, that is the personality. Now, sometimes I have brand new advisors. Some are young, millennial style. And let me tell you, when they get into this industry and they're taught the male model, they do not like it. <laughs> they are like, this stinks. Okay. Then you have the women advisors who have followed the model, grin and bear it, you know, elbow grease, sacrifice your life. And they've reached this level of success, but they really, are tired. They're really tired. And so they know they need to do it another way because they're burning out. 
And so they reach out to me. And then I've got these, you know, women who've got 100, 200 million under management. And they are tired of living in the land of testosterone. It's worked for them. It's not that we disrespect men. That's not it at all. Men have carved out a business approach that works for them. You will often hear me talk about the peacocks and the penguins. And we as women are these beautiful peacocks. We're smart, we're capable, we're articulate, we carry ourselves well, and the management in the industry, they go, oh my God, she's going to kill this business. She's going to be a rock star. And then they bring us in to the land of penguins. And we go through penguin training. And we learn how the penguins have built this business successfully. And so it doesn't feel right, but we start to pull our feathers in. We start to pull our neck down. We stop flowing. We start waddling. And then we wonder why this is so difficult, why this is so challenging. And so what we've done at Femex Advisor have created a whole peacock model. Everything we do is designed around a woman. Let me give you an example. It's not just helping them uncover who they are, rebuilding their message in an authentic way. And it's scary. Let me tell you, it's scary for them, okay, because we're really going rogue here. We even look at how they manage their business. We don't focus on time management. We focus on energy management. Because if you look at the way the male brain works and the female brain, when my husband is in one mode, he is so focused. I can't talk to him about anything else because it doesn't go in, right? If he's in that golf box, he's in that golf box. His focus is so amazingly. And women would give their right arm to be able to be in one box for more than five minutes, okay? You have to look at our brain is going in three to five directions all the time. Now, which brain is exerting more energy in one hour? The female brain. It's not better. It's not worse. And so women need more downtime. They need more time to heal their brain. And that's when they become amazing. That's when they become unstoppable. And one of the comments that I often get from my advisors is the biggest impact you had is you gave me permission to take more time off. Hmm. I like that. It's huge. I can believe this. What was the defining moment for you in your life? It sounds like you went along quite the path. What really made you say, wait a minute now. There were so many defining moments in my life. And I'm a very faith-based, law of attraction-driven purpose. So I watch the things that happen. I recognize the challenges. And I know that those challenges are pushing me to this defining moment where I need to make a choice. And I remember about a year and a half in as a financial advisor and My kids were really struggling because their dad had gone away. I was on my own. I wasn't making enough money. I was on a meager 
meager salary. I think it was, now this was a long time ago, but 36000 a year to support three kids in Newport Beach. Okay. It's not going to cut it. And, and I knew, I knew they used to say, we want you on these rookie calls on Tuesday nights. Sorry, I'm not listening to a rookie call when I could be home with my kids. No. So I would go running every day and I'd listen to these million dollar producer calls. I would listen on my headphones to because I wanted to be a million dollar producer. I don't want to do what rookies were doing. And so there came a point where I thought, you know, I could just take a salary job and make $80,000 a year for the rest of my life. And it would remove the stress and the challenges. And that was my defining moment. And I thought, nope, this is it, sink or swim. And I borrowed 50% out of my 401k. It was $30,000. And I made a commitment to invest in myself. And that $30,000 was paid off in four years. That was it. And in so many areas, another defining moment, I quit Citigroup and I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I just knew. And I, I knew I had enough in my savings, right? So we all have very defining moments. For a lot of these women, it's signing up for my coaching program because it's scary. They know they're doing something different. And yeah, it's an investment. I have a lot of firms who say, we want to hand this out to their advisors. And I say, I won't do it. Because if they're not invested, no, it's not going to work. Oh my God, I have... I have a number of women that are all virtual assistants. And it's funny because when I left Citigroup and I went to a coaching conference on how to build a coaching practice, I learned so many ways to build a business that I had never been taught as a financial advisor. And I would listen to this and I'd say, wait, why can't my advisors hire virtual assistants? They're 1099. They're so affordable. They're great at what they do and less commitment right? And so I have two fabulous virtual assistants. We've just tied another one. One does marketing, one does operations, one does the technology. And then recently, when I became national training officer, there was a woman in the training center at City, and she was a leadership coach and trainer. And her name was Deb. And she became my boss. And I learned so much from her. Well, this past year, she retired and now she works with me. So, <laughs> I love it. And don't love you it. love it? So, we, yes. and we've always stayed close and she's always helped me and we build our presentations. So, she's that structure, linear, um, focus coach. And I'm this woo woo, all over creative <laughs> coach. And it's so fun. But I think the most important thing is, when you have a team and you start embracing this Femex model, even the guys that work for you love it. It's nice. like now nice. they're all involved in this and they embrace it. It's a huge transformation. Huge. I want to talk about your vision, but I want to wrap it up with that. Let's first learn a little bit more about you. 
when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Well, I would say that if that my work is super fun, but I take a lot of time off and I love golfing. Now in Connecticut, that's a limited time of year. So love golfing, love athletics, love sports. Now we're starting our paddle tennis. Um, I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of yoga. And my husband and I are just very active people. But I really focus, you know, we talked about energy management. I know what drives me. And there's this delicate balance between not enough work time and too much work time. Because, so one of the things, let me explain this for a sec. One of the things I teach in my coaching model and in our business retreats is the importance of being in your unique brilliance. And my unique brilliance is coaching and training and presenting. And when you're in your unique brilliance, it energizes you. It's not draining. It's like what we're doing right now. You can feel it, right? I know. I I just go. But it's energizing. And so that's the same thing with my female advisors. When they get bogged down doing, you know, out of their lane, doing stuff they shouldn't, it sucks the energy out. When they are meeting with clients who have a lot of money and unraveling complex situations, oh my God, that is nirvana. That is where they should be. So that's where there's this pinnacle point where work and life intermix and you become, you get in the vortex and it's like, it's like something is moving you forward and there's no effort behind it. It's awesome. And so that is what becomes the ultimate focus is staying in that vortex, staying in that balance between enough work, but not too much work, enough love, enough fun, all of those things so that you know you're getting more energy than you're giving out. This kind of rolls into the next question, your idea of success, finding that balance and teaching someone how to find that balance. Is that success? Yes, but the path to success is fearlessly embracing this journey. It's scary, right? A lot of this is so contrary to the way we were thought and think. You know what's interesting, Patrice? I was just sharing with my brother who's very successful, and I said, you know, Glenn, who I am today, I feel like that girl I was at 10, 11, and 12 before all the stuff in life, before all the messaging came in and told me who I should be, what I should want. That's who I am today because I'm so focused on getting back into who I really am and should be and my meaning in life that it is outweighed all the limiting beliefs, all the protocol, right? All the roadblocks. There are no roadblocks. They are just bumpers in our journey to becoming our best self. Do you think boys and girls today are both still those limitations of what they're being told they should do? Or have those eased? I think it's easing all 
the time. I think the younger generation, I look at my daughters, right? And needless to say, they're kind of high energy driven. (laughs) And they used to play, they didn't play house, they played going to the office. They, in, in, in their early 30s, are very aware of this letting go of these limiting beliefs. And some of those beliefs were me. I taught some of them to them not knowing, right? So right, the reality right. is, you know, there was a woman, a young woman who she was our scholarship client and she had been raised in a foster home. She had two twins at 16. She was a financial advisor, right? And she said, she's killing it now. And she said, Adri, I still feel like I'm a fraud. And I said, we all do. Stop thinking you will always be rid of that completely. There's, it's okay, right? We all have limiting beliefs. And what we're doing is I do a demonstration at my workshops and I have this beautiful clear glass of water. That's how we're born. We have no limiting beliefs. And as life goes on, I spoon dirt into this glass of water. And we become this young adult, and this water is very murky. And so, what we try and do is spoon out the dirty parts. You know, well, that's futile. We're never going to get it all out. So, instead of trying to remove the negative things, we take fresh water and we pour fresh water into this glass. We infuse our life with these positive things these different thoughts, these capable thoughts, these meditative moments where we remember our impact. And next thing you know, all the crap has come out of the water and it's pure again. I love that analogy. I love that. Right? And it works with dieting. It works with everything. You infuse. I have a a stepdaughter who can get into these funks. And what's interesting, I can tell on social media, And then I will start to see her daily motivational posts. Next, I kid you not, next thing you know, life is amazing. And I'll ask her, I'll say, Brianna, did life become amazing again first? Or did you shift and start posting? She goes, I shifted first. And I mean, we're talking big, amazing things. So that's a big part of it. And because women have been forced and kind of shoved into this penguin world, we've lost touch with who we are. And many had to stay under the radar, right? In our generation, Patrice, you know, and I did, I never stayed under the radar very well. I just kind of went around it or over it and kept my ears shut. It's relearning. It's like a blank slate. Taking all the wisdom you know and redesigning your practice, holy cow, that's when it becomes a masterpiece. Is there one thing? No, I won't say is there. What is the one thing people don't know about you? Well, one thing people don't know is that I 
was in a race, an outrigger canoe race. These are the old Hawaii Five-0, and it's called the Molokai race. And you have six women in a canoe. It's a huge race. And we paddle these canoes from the island of Molokai to the island of Oahu. And it can take a minimum of seven hours and sometimes 10, depending on the currents and the swells. That was an intense sport. And it was really fun. I mean, you cannot, you're body's aching, your arms are killing you. But if you stop, everybody else is carrying your weight. You can't stop. It was exhilarating. I love it. I love it. How long did you train with these? I I really did it for a season. And I'll tell you a funny thing. I because in California we're done with the business, you know, 132 o'clock in the afternoon. So I joined this outrigger team and they were very serious. And they had actually that year at the end of the season when they're cutting people, they're determining who are the 12 women that are gonna go on this Molokai trip, right? right? And it was the year that we were having the Olympics in Los Angeles. And by God, I was determined. I was the newest right? Everybody else had paddled for years. I was determined. And the last three days, they said, if you miss one practice, you're out. You're out. You're disqualified. So this one morning, I wake up and it's seven in the morning. I get my bikini on and I get my wetsuit shorts. I grab my paddle. I get on my bike and I head to practice and I get there at 730 and I look around and there's nobody there. And I'm like, oh, God. Practice started at 7, not 7.30. I, I, right? I had worked all season. So I go out on these little docks, the Coast Guard docks there, and there are these fishing boats coming in. I'm like waving my towel. I'm thumbing. I'm putting my (laughs) hitch out, okay? I am doing anything. There is no way I'm not getting on these boats. All of a sudden, I... I collapse. I'm crying. Well, there was this kid on his boat on the dock. He comes up. I woke him up. I was blubbering so loud. He goes, what happened? I told him. He goes, come on, get on board. I don't have much gas. Don't know how far we'll get, but let's go. So I get on his boat and we head out the jetty and all these boats are coming in and we go, have you seen some canoes? Have you seen some canoes? And we finally found out they went south. So we turn south out of the jetty and he runs out of gas. I'm like, oh, God. So now we're drifting. I've got my paddle. We're waving down boats. So this big boat comes by. Okay, I got to find this canoe. They go jump on board. (laughs) We find the canoes. Sunday night, they announced the 12 people. I wasn't in the 12. And they said, but this year we've decided to take an alternate and that's oh, great. great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a biggie. That was a biggie. So, you know, I look at that and I say, you know what, as a woman advisor, it's not always the path that you're given is not always the path that's really going to get you there. All right. We are running up against time here, but I do want to talk briefly about your vision. Tell me about that. And then we'll have to wrap this up. I'm afraid. You know, my vision is doing exactly what I'm doing, but on a bigger scale for more women to, it's really about not losing my, uh, this boutique feel of really connecting with the women advisors, but being able to expand our reach and let 
every female advisor out there know there's another way to do this business. One that really is amazing, but you have to be fearless. You truly have to go into a place that is scary, but it's exhilarating. Yes, yes, I can believe it. And then briefly too, you've got a book out there. Yeah. To the ladies room. Who yeah, so yeah, keys to ladies room. I, I get, I wrote this in 2013. And to this day, men and women email me and say, Adri, I am reading this book for the third time. It really is the foundation to the Femex model. And it's a work book. It's a small book, but I teach you how to implement these things. Sometimes they'll hold their book up on Zoom with all these little yellow stickies. So Keys to the Ladies Room is a unique approach to helping every advisor really create a more engaging environment for the women clients. And everybody should read this book. Everyone. How can people reach you, Adri? They really need to go to our website, femexadvisor.com. Visit our website. If you think as a female advisor, if you think this could be the next step in your journey to success, book a strategy call. And that's where you and I can talk and really figure out where you're at and is this the right time. But that's the first step. Order my book on Amazon, Keys to the Ladies Room, and give it a shot. That's going to give you a real taste of what we're all about. All right. Thank you, Edry. This has really been an amazing conversation. I look forward to a lot more with you. Thank you for telling us about you and your coaching practice. This podcast is an inspirational resource for women in financial services. And as I said, I'm looking forward to more conversations and hearing from your female advisor guests. Follow the Femex, oh, yeah. follow the Femex Advisor podcast to get the shows and, of course, share with your colleagues. They will appreciate it. I'm Patrice Mora. Yes. And let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. And connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.